how how do I tangibly or how do I even begin to do what you just said? Like, it sounds awesome, but what's like the first step that moves me in that direction to actually being able to do that? You know, what's going to happen during the procedure and what the outcome looks like? The why is that motivation that you're talking about? That type of thing, uh, which isn't natural or ingrained into a PMS system that they're using in any of the practices is critically important. Those are some just real basic stuff. That's not even like bring somebody in to teach your team that. Welcome to another episode of the Full Arch Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I am the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more Full Arch cases. And today I have Greg with me. Greg is a consultant in the full art space, and he is going to break down the most important thing that you have to have in place if you want to grow your full arch cases. And he goes into detail of how to make that happen at your offices. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, Greg. So why don't you tell me what you're seeing in dental offices that are that's helping full arch cases grow more than ever before? Yeah, it's it's a great question. And, you know, if I'd have to put my finger on one thing, I would say that it's really building relationship with patients. And I, I know it may sound a little silly because, you know, you do external marketing and you make the phone ring or they fill out a lead form. But really that connection instantly from the first touch point of the patient all the way through the process, you know, from the time that they, you know, book that consult to reduce the no-shows to blessing that front door, to coming in, the greeting at the front uh, from the front desk person, really just the whole time and way through of that. I don't call it the handoff, the hand up and gaining that information to make them feel warm and welcome. These patients, these full arch patients, a lot of them are embarrassed of their dental situation yep. or they're just dentally exhausted. Yep. And I think that's really the key from the very beginning is establishing those relationships. If they keep that mindset, they're having a lot more success all the way through the process. So let's walk through, let's pretend that we have an office, they have, you know, maybe five offices and they want to start offering full arch or they've, they've already been doing full arch, but they, it's been a little bit harder than they thought it was going to be, right? They thought that, you know, if I just go clinically learn it, then I'm going to be able to grow it. And now they're learning, hey, this is a little bit different than a GP process. How, how do I tangibly or how do I even begin to do what you just said? Like, it sounds awesome. But what's like the first step that moves me in that direction to actually being able to do that? Well, there's intentionality behind it, right? And my recommendation is always start with the flagship location. Start with the main hub location where you're going to focus most of your attention. And then like anything else, right? If you're going to put together a desk or an armoire or God forbid you went to Ikea, oh, right? You know, and those directions in the manual, right? It, the playbook, you need a playbook, right? Just like you have, hopefully... Uh, you know, when you're of that size or growing larger as a DSO or an emerging group, that you have a handbook for your employees when they're onboarded, right? Here's your job description. Here's standard operating procedures. It should be the same on the sales side. And yes, you're in sales. If you're in full arch, you're in sales. And there should be a playbook that says, not so much, sometimes there's scripts, right, yep. that outlines it, but you still want the personality. There should be this step-by-step, this is what we're looking for, and the handoff, hand up to the next person. From the lead call to the front desk to the patient concierge, and that's what I call them because you think about the word concierge, right? You think of a fancy hotel and somebody who knows everything, takes care of everything. 
That's the person that's going to be able to escort them through taking the records, the CT scan, and bringing them wherever the next step is in the process, all the way through the treatment planning coordinator and the financial piece, right? That handoff, hand up along the way. If, if somebody comes in and they're coming in because, you know what, my daughter's getting married in December, right? That's an important piece of information that they certainly shouldn't have to repeat more than once. You know, they said, you know what, I was talking, Susie on the, she was telling me that when you called in, your daughter's getting married or somebody's getting married later this year. That's an important piece of information to, to build rapport with that particular person so that there is this sense of, holy smokes, like they actually are listening and they actually give a crap about me. I'm just not a number in the mill yeah. of being able to do a full arch. I'm not a dollar sign. I think that's really important as well. You want to hear something crazy? Dental marketing agencies are dead. You got that right. They're dead. Why do I say that? Well, we don't consider ourselves a dental marketing agency. We are a growth partner. What that means is, is we help our clients not only create opportunities, but we help them convert them and close them as well. And that is what's needed in the day and age that we live because just getting new patient leads is not enough. You need somebody that's going to help you actually get these new patients into your chair and make sure that there's the right kind of patient for your office. Now, we put together a whole report that will tell you where dental marketing currently is because there's a ton of changes, tons of things are going on with the market, and we broke down what you're going to need to do to stay ahead of the industry and grow the way that you want. The link is down below. Go check it out. Everything is free. I look forward to hearing from you. Well, and the other the other part of it, and I totally agree, and the other part of it is not just connection with them, but also what's their motivation. So if you know what the patient's motivation is up front, and then it may, becomes much easier to give them what they want and how they want it. And, you know, I, I think of like, I think of a restaurant, a restaurant already knows your motivation is, is you're hungry. You want food, right? Yeah. And so they, they know that there's some caveats to that process. Like the server has to be nice to you. They have to do it in a timely manner. You have to be, have availability. All those things really matter in the process of, hey, I'm hungry because if it takes three days to feed me, then it's not really going to work because I'm not hungry anymore. I was going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem, <laughs> right? And so you really have to understand the motivation behind what a patient is experiencing and why they actually want this treatment. And it, 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 it I know it's, it sounds so simple, but it's actually a little more complicated because the bigger the treatment you get, the different the motivations. The motivation for a filling is like, hey, I don't want it to get worse or I don't want it to hurt anymore. Um, I want you to fix it. and Or you're in pain. Yeah, yeah. I want to, you to take away the pain, right? Or I want you, you, you know, my it doesn't look pretty. My teeth don't look pretty. So fix that. That's so simple. But when you get into these larger treatments, as you go up into thousands of dollars to 10, 20, 30, 40, $100,000, the, the motivations begin to change and the, the impact on their life starts to change. So having your team aligned on that is huge. So do you, do you recommend, like how, how do I, let's pretend I say, okay, great. Yeah, I want that. I have the playbook. How do I now get my team aligned on the same page with that from your perspective? Yeah, well, and you touched on it, right? You're talking about the motivation. I like to talk about the why behind the what, right? The what is the treatment that they need, the clinical, you know, the way they present clinically, right? The, the, the parts and pieces, you know, what's going to happen during the procedure and what the outcome looks like. The why is that motivation that you're talking about. And it really does go back to the simple parts of the, can it be, you know, if you drop down a playbook in front of somebody and say, here, learn this, 
right? It's the coaching, it's the training behind it, it's the consistency, you know, it's the learning the habit. It's doing something over and over for 21 days, right? In order to learn the habit. And since they're gone on the weekends, it probably takes longer than 21 days. It's probably going to take a little bit longer than that. But it's not like for myself, you know, as a consultant that works in practices all the time, it's not so much of, I should be a permanent fixture on your payroll. It should be, I'm teaching those within the practice to be able to look for those key things within those that are doing it so that you can replicate that. That's why I said in the beginning, start with the franchise practice, start with the flagship practice, teach the good habits there, and then roll it out to what's the next biggest opportunity, right? Out of the five locations. And then what's the next after that? Having the playbook is great, but being able to coach to it and having internal people who can then coach to that. And it doesn't have to be these formal titles either, right? You know, have a project manager, have somebody who wants to own a piece of it that's in it and motivated and wants to do it. And then it starts to become something that's fun. And creating KPIs is such a big part of it, you know, and it's not, you know, key performance indicators. Sure, it's that, you know, it's a big part of the culture is for them to feel like they're building and growing and learning. And especially when you look in the DSO space, right, where do a lot of those regional managers come from? And then the COOs come from, they come from within the organization. So being able to build and grow for them to grow into their next position, that's where that can come from is giving them the coaching and the training and coaching them up into their next role and position. That's why something simple like a playbook and then coaching the coaches, coaching the trainers and training the trainers is really an essential piece. And then it really starts to help. Uh, and then I can remove myself from that situation and give them the tools and resources they need to be more successful. That's awesome. Yeah. So so I'm just going to reframe this for the audience. If you can just break it down simply as what is each patient's motivation? And then getting your team to all understand that. And there's lots of ways to do that. Um, there's CRMs. There's I've seen people even take like literal pieces of paper. They will call them a yellow sheet or a green sheet or whatever. <laughs> and then they'll just write the notes on it and attach it to the file, you know. And I've seen people do that digitally as well. Um, I've seen people do it a lot of different ways. But whatever you need to do to figure out what's motivating that patient and then getting your whole team to be aligned with that so that you're telling the same story. Um, from there, have you, do you, have you ever played around or helped people build out like their avatars or their, their ideal customer? Um, and then, and then kind of tie that back into the scripting, um, or, or, or anything along those lines. I mean, a little bit I have, I think it's, it's most important to really like look at each of the individual patients and then understand it. And one of the challenges that happens with that is, uh, when they're newer uh, at learning how to profile, if you will, a, a patient when they're coming into the practice is sometimes we do it a little too quickly um, and we don't understand, you know, where they're at. I, I focus a lot more on bug tension. And what I've been working on and building out is more of the follow-up piece. You know, what I call the manually automated and then the automated automated. The manually automated of those that have come in for consults. And what does that follow-up look like, you know, with the pop-up? You know, you talked about a CRM system. Of you know, if I have an important date on my calendar, it goes into my phone and it's a reminder that pops up, so I don't forget about it. You know, an important anniversary, a birthday, or you know, just a flag that you know, I, you know, I really need to go and get this time. Um, that type of thing, uh, which isn't natural or ingrained into a PMS system that they're using in any of the practices, is critically important because you've already paid on the front end for you know, it's hit the PNL statement for the marketing, the outside marketing, and so that follow up piece. I think is just so critical. And some of those that are doing extremely well 
in the full arch game have that systematic piece down because they've already started to to regulate that. In the automated automated, there's a few companies out there that are doing that well on the general dentistry side, but bringing that over into the full arch side, I think is critically important with follow-ups of a testimonial, uh, you know, an office uh, tour of why us. So um, those are the types of pieces that I'm really focused on and working on because it stretches that uh, marketing dollar and really reduces the patient acquisition cost, which is you know, getting more and more expensive, especially today uh, with, you know, the credit crunch and everything else that's being dealt with out in the industry right now. Do you have a number that you're trying to target on that cost to, we, 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 I think about CAC or cost per start. So cost to acquire a customer. So, or, or another way to phrase that is like, how much does it cost you to get a paying customer? And do you, do you track that with your offices? I do. I do. And you know, if you're hitting $1,500, you are crushing it and you have a smooth running machine and you're crazy good. That's not normal, but you're doing really good. But there are some that can be in a, you know, pulling from a more rural area that doesn't have a ton of competition. You know, if you're in a very high, uh, you know, highly urbanized area, that's extremely competitive. 3,500 is kind of that outer tier of, if you're getting above that, that's, that's a little rough uh, and you really need some help somewhere because something's broken in your system, right? Or if you're just newly getting in and you're really starting, uh, you know, look at your system. Don't pour good money at bad uh, yeah. at a bad system, if you will. Somewhere in there in between, it really depends on what's going on in your geography. And I work pretty closely hand in hand with groups and with practices taking a look at, you know, what's the tolerance level? Because uh, a lot of it has to do uh, with a lot of other elements too that's inside the practice. But yeah, that's the range. It's a big range, I know. You're like, well, geez, like anybody could throw out no, that no, number. No. But that really is, that the, is range. the range. Like, those no, are yes. actuals from practices yep. I work with. And it's not just a flippant number that's out there. So no, yeah, you're, and, it, you're 100%, and it'll move. It does yeah. move. Yeah. And and we track this meticulously. And and you are right. 1500. If someone comes to us and says, we want more uh, full arch cases, or we want to you know lower our costs, fire a customer, and they're at that $1,500 mark, I'm going to be like, no way. I'm not touching that because- you're like, yeah, gas just pour on. as much, more yeah, marketing. just pour more marketing, put, dump, dump as much, open as many offices as you can right around there, get, open up your capacity, focus all of your energy there. Anybody who's over that like $3,000 mark and above, that's yep. where it's like, okay, we might be able to start trimming this back a little bit. But the part that's important to understand for people when you're thinking about this number is this uh, cost per, uh, or CAC, cost to acquire a customer. It's not just a marketing number, it's an operational number and clinical number because you could have the best marketing company in the world, but if no one you don't have any room to schedule them, then your CAC's going to be horrible, right? Or if you uh have the or if your no-show rates out of control, yeah, or yeah. right? Your book you're booking a man and 50% aren't, aren't showing your CAC's up gonna or be out you of can't con- close a yes. case or you can't yep. You don't have the right financing companies in place or, 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 yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, but I mean, there's so many other elements that you don't know how to close a case or you're not presenting the case the right way. Or, you know, I mean, yeah. you can fill in the blank. There's so many elements operationally uh, in the sales process and the engagement process. Like I was saying right at the top, if you're not establishing a relationship and you're just bringing anybody in and they're coming in thinking that it's going to be covered by, you know, any type of hyphen aid, right? You know, Medicaid or, you know, Cal-Aid or what, you know, go down the list, kill your, yeah. you know, or my insurance is going to uncover 90% of it, or you're putting advertising out there, or here's another one, right? So you put a marketing campaign out there 
And the individual in the office who's actually presenting the case to the patient doesn't know what the advertising says. Something as simple as that. There's a nugget for your listening audience. Does your person who is trying to guide the patient to a yes in a full large case know exactly what it says out there in a marketing campaign that's currently on, you know, whether it's on, you know, Google ad or Twitter or, you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I don't know if people advertise on Twitter. I don't even That'd know. Be wild. Uh, but, you know, on any of those socials, right? Do they even know if you walked up? Here's the thing. Any of you founders out there, any of you owners out there, if you're marketing in full arch today, right after you listen to this, go up to your closers and ask them, what exactly does it say in our marketing campaign right now? If they can't answer that question, you have a problem. Yeah, because this is and you need to address because it. this is uh this is the alignment issue, right? So your marketing should be speaking to the patient's why. And this is this is something that we have to drill in, no pun intended, into the doctor's heads because the a doctor naturally and and they should be, they want to focus on the details of the the how we do the treatment, right? So here's the graph and here's your jaw and here's the x-ray and here's how we're going to drill into the tooth. And you, you see these bloody videos online, right? That The doctors yeah. absolutely love that stuff. Guess what? Patients don't care. <laughs> Patients want to... Yeah, you can have the best in-house lab, but if it doesn't align with what was said, and it's okay if you're advertising out there, you can get an arch as low as 15,000. That's fine. But know what's offered at that 15,000 and anybody who's asked that question should have a really good response because sales is confident. Right. Those are some just real basic stuff. That's not even like bring somebody in to teach your team that that is basic 101 sales confidence stuff. You don't need to pay a consultant to teach you that. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's a that should be a part of a playbook that you have like real basic and individuals, you know, that have learned how to sell dentistry, you know, some of the basic pieces of dentistry that are now trying to promote a large dentistry. It, it's a completely different type of sales process. It, it just is. If you talk to anybody who's really good at it and has started doing it, you know, there's some skill involved and, and you really do need some additional training in that aspect of what it is to be able to walk somebody through that process. Yeah. Um, and it's really worthwhile to make an investment on that side, just like you make an investment on the clinical side, uh, making an investment on, you know, all of the rest uh, operationally, on the sales process, on your entire team, making that investment definitely pays off in the end. Not just coming from a consultant. It's just it's oh, true. Yeah. And every good full arch clinic will tell you that from where they were to where they got to. For hundred percent. Sure. Well, this is great stuff. It, it, and I know it's going to help our audience. If someone wanted to connect with you directly and get a good uh, good idea of some of the services that you offer and see how you might be able to help them, how can they connect with you? Yeah, easiest way is just hop on my website, dental consult the number four and the letter U dot com. So dental consult for you com and just schedule a, a free uh, consulting session and we'll just have a conversation about where you're at and where you want to get to um, and from that point we'll just we'll just see what your needs based are for sure happy to help awesome thanks so much for coming on today uh, I, I really learned a lot and uh, it's great the stuff that you're working on is great always good to see you Gary take care. Bye.